morning and welcome to Taking Care of Business. I'm Jackie Mitchell. As I'm running around in my business day-to-day speaking to a lot of different business people, whether they be CEOs, down to entrepreneurs, small business owners, uh, people thinking about going into business and uh, and as I eavesdrop very actively on a lot of conversations, there's a consistent theme that I that I see coming coming out and one is how do you filter out the good, the bad and the ugly? What is relevant for business now? What are the trends? And business is moving so fast. It's the fastest moving, uh, fastest time ever that business has ever seen. It's real unprecedented change in business. And moving at such a fast speed, it's hard to keep up. I don't think our brain or our life is, is evolving as quickly as business is. So you sort of feel like you're being left behind or lagging behind. And, and the thing is now, little things like everyone can write a book. Everyone seems to be writing a book right now, uh, which, is, which is good in one way. But the other way is, well, how do you know which is the good stuff and the bad stuff? Uh, once upon a time, publishers would, would go through this filtering process and only publish a book that they thought was worthy and most often they were right. Now you think, well, what and, I, and what what is good and what is bad, and what where do I spend my time? Time's so precious, and you think, where do I spend my time that I'm not wasting it? So I thought to myself, well, today's show will all be about what's happening in 2019. What's hot? What's not? What are the trends? What are some techniques? What are some tips of the trade? We're really going to dissect what is relevant. Uh, what, where you should be focusing your attention, where you should be shining your mental torch to see where you should be focusing your effort and your resources. So it's a very exciting show today. And then I thought I couldn't do this by myself. I think you, you, for you listening to me for an hour uh, might do your head in. And I certainly don't want that to be the case. So I thought to myself, who do I get? Who can I actually have a really robust, fun, entertaining, interesting, intelligent conversation with and then I went I know Warwick Mary oh, what a delightful introduction and it's such a joy to be here on a magnificent day hey thank you so much for inviting me along and uh, look I'm just fresh from a couple of conferences so I've heard like you I get to get all this different idea from different speakers from around the globe and basically we are the publishers we filter out all the rubbish where they went on for an hour and a half and just get the two minutes of gold and that's what today's all about the two minutes of gold well it is about that because as i mentioned anyone can publish a book now and oh. and so there's a lot of mediocrity out there but it's hard to know what's right or what's wrong and mm. i have many conversations and people tell me things and i go no, that's that's incorrect mm. and they go oh, no i heard it on such and such and i go well they're wrong and i can prove it <laughs> now we're talking about proof that's what you're wanting so yeah. real evidence-based research facts to say this is what's happening but also social proof mm. so who is it who, who are the influencers and who should you be listening to and who should you be following uh, and again like publishers with the media anyone can be you know what? Anyone can have a radio show now. You don't need to be a trained journalist. You, you really don't. And you don't need to be a trained anything. And sometimes people get training in one area and, and pass it off as it sort of almost is, is valid in the area they're talking about. And it's a very opinion-based. And people get very emotional and very swept up in it to the point that they ignore the facts, and then when you roll the facts out in front of them, they deny it even more. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's very interesting, this facts versus opinion that we have out there. And as you say, there is a truckload of content, 
And we have to, one of the things we have to do in 2019 is be the master of the filter and choose what we choose to see. And yeah. I know on my, my social medias, I'm very quick to unfollow people who I, who I believe are not promoting fact-based information and are all very opinionated or semi-trolling or whatever they are because I don't want to be surrounded by that. I want positive, good things. And there are some sources of some amazing things that are happening on this planet, and I want to see that to keep me positive and focused on the good stuff because there's more than enough supposed negative and negative things happening out there. Yeah, and... I certainly, from my perspective, and I'm sure you'll agree, that there's a real responsibility with what we do. So not only do we you know, have a radio show, we do podcasting, we post on social media, we write articles for LinkedIn, so we, we have an opinion. We're considered influencers in our field, mm. and for our reputation and our credibility, we need to make sure that if we say something, we say, okay, this is my view or my opinion, or this is it. This is backed by evidence, and really distinguishing between the two of them. Very much so. It is all about how you frame it. And I know when I'm speaking from stage, frequently if I'm telling an anecdote, I will say, "Oh, I got this story from the internet, so you know it's true." And everyone laughs because mm. they know it is now a story. It's not a, "Oh no, this really happened." And because if you if you uh, say something that hasn't happened and get found out, it makes a huge impact. Like. I, I know the day I found out the chicken soup for the soul, those, you know, that series of books, yep. many of those stories are made up. They are not true. And, and many are true, but I've got to tell you, the day I found that out, I stopped reading them because I just like, I, 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 that's not what I want. But that was because they broke your trust. So Correct. when you hear this word that's overused about authenticity, but it's about keeping it real. Uh, and I think in this age of technology, even more so, because it's so easy to say anything, to do a swishy video with a bit of graphics and some music and a, a line across. And, and we now know we've been, Hollywood movies have taught us, and Bollywood movies and movies around the world have taught us how to manipulate emotions. And you see companies doing it and you see individuals doing it because it makes them money. And there's a couple of names that if anyone mentions them, I just unfollow that person straight away because I know that it's, uh, without being litigious, uh, I might not say it's fraudulent, but you can see it from there. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, though, when something's published, so whether it's published in, in a book mm. or whether it's published in an article, I mean, even LinkedIn articles, you've got to be careful what you read. What I like to do is provoke thinking. So I like to write things or say things to go, you know, this is just my opinion. Mm. Let's have a conversation about it. This is not the be all and end all. It's not dictatorial in its style. But look, this is where I'm thinking at the moment. What's your thoughts? What's your view? Uh, can you change my opinion? Am I on the right track? Am I not? But it's about sparking your curiosity, sparking some real sort of deep thinking, I suppose. Oh, and it's it's been said that the wisest people aren't those with the best answers, but the ones with the best questions. Mm. And I think in a day of information when there is so much information, which may or may not be knowledge, it's just information, mm your ability to question and to look at something and go does this feel right do i need do i need to back this up let me go to even if it's simple as going to snopes you know the number of celebrities who have supposedly died hey, what's snopes oh snopes snopes.com s-n-o-p-e-s.com what is it if you see like something's like oh you know some famous actor has died you can go to snopes and they typically will have is this true or false if you hear some internet story that someone's put out there 
it's amazing the researchers that they have that will say whether it's true or false. Um, and some stuff that seems ludicrous turns out to be true, and they will track down the source material. And there's other things that are, you know, there's stories of like someone got an exotic cactus overseas on holiday and planted it, and then it grew, and then it was wobbling everywhere, and they were going to go and have a closer look. But someone <laughs> recognised it and said, no, get the fire department, and they torched it with flames because there were these amazing jumping spiders in it that were going to take over the world. Like that story's been going around the internet for like 20 years, and it all, you know how these stories get a resurgence? Yeah, yeah. And you go there and go, no, 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 it's just a story. It's not true. But some people will go, oh, this is true. My mum, my mum is a cracker. She'll see something, think it's true, share it with all her friends, share it. Even, um, you know, oh, if you put this word in here, Facebook is going to give you a million dollars and da da da, and you could go into the drawer and, you know, it's just like, man. Well, those scams get everyone all the time. All There's, the time. And, and look, I, I get these phone calls at home, which never happened because we had a private number until we got broadband, and all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. Anyway, uh, and they say we're from Telstra, but you get that delay, so you know they're an overseas call centre, mm. saying they're from Telstra and your your speed's slow, and that's a scam. Yep. So I just say you're a scam, you know, get lost and hang mm. up. Uh, and But people then go, oh, it must be Telstra, Maybe, yeah, my speeds are slow, mate. and they believe that. But what we've got to be careful of is that most people are honest. Most, you know, So it's that sort of, I don't know, 5%, 2%, 1%, whatever it is, mm. that feeds our fear, and then we tend to sort of shut down everything else and start not believing yeah, yeah, other yeah. people. So you it's, as, as you know, we said, just asking a few questions like, A, do you actually use Telstra? Because mm. the number of people who don't get, oh, you with Telstra, oh, okay. Or people ring, oh, we're from Microsoft. Who from Microsoft is going to call you? Like, yeah, they're not yeah. going to call you. Yeah. But for some people, and, and my parents-in-law have also been subject to this kind of thing, you know, it's it's if they're not savvy, it's very easy to get caught it's out. so easy to get caught oh. out. And you shouldn't feel stupid about it. I got stuck with um, ransomware um, virus, oh, wow. yeah. Uh, they got everything. I was backing up my computer on a hard drive. Mm. Lucky I used the cloud as well. Mm. Uh, and uh, then I get this. I couldn't get into my PC. Uh, lucky my laptop wasn't affected. Yeah. Uh, or my phones because I had that as well yeah, as yeah. a backup. Uh, but they got my hard drive and they got my PC <sighs> and then sent the, you know, it'll be so many Bitcoin. I think it worked out $3,000 to get it back. Yeah. And there's no way because once you pay that, you've you just got to sort oh. yourself out. But yeah. I just, I use Dropbox a lot. Yeah. So I just got quick quickly got in touch with Dropbox and they said, if you can give us the date and time, we'll roll back okay. and stop from there. And, uh, and, and, they, and they did and it took about three days. It was fine. Yeah. Uh, and it worked itself out. But I mean, I don't know how, you know, and I thought I'm reasonably savvy and I've clicked on something. I don't know what it was. I still don't know what it is. What it was, I did. I'm yeah. now super, super, super careful. <laughs> but you know, it can happen. It can happen to it can any of us. And does. Mm, it sure does. And anyway, does. we're gonna have a quick break. And when we come back, I want to really touch on. Okay, what what's not hot, and what is hot, and where should business be focusing attention? Because there's a lot of stuff going on. There is hot or not. Hot or not. Hot or not. Right back on the other side of this break. You're listening to Taking Care of Business. Welcome back to Taking Care of Ble Business. <laughs> we are Taking Care of Business. That was Young Blood, not Taking Care of Blood. Well, <laughs> Young Business. Uh, that was Young Blood, seven seconds of summer. And we are talking about, I suppose, I'm here with Warwick Mary, and we've both got Young Blood in our brain. I don't know if our body has got oh, the Young Blood in it, but we've got it. 
I've got to tell you, it, this day and age, it's young. Like, I don't know about you, but if someone dies under the age of 80, so they're in their 70s, something, oh, that was so young. Um, and the, the average longevity is, is ever going to increase it. So with this technology, there's more humans around, so we need to be able to communicate with them. Well, one thing why I say young is because anyone over the age of 45 is my experience. You might have a different age bracket, but anyone over the age of 45 is really struggling with digital, struggling with social media, can't quite understand it, doesn't understand what's what's AI, what's artificial intelligence, what's blockchain, what's what's the internet of things, what's all this thing going on, I don't understand it. Uh, and you and I are in that bracket, and that's why I think the young blood, because both of us embrace it, both of us love it, we like learning new things. Uh, and I, I don't know about you, but I get a lot of people say, oh, I hate technology. And I, I now say to them, well, it's, you're only saying that because you don't understand it. If you understand, oh, I haven't got time. And I said, well, actually, if you understand it a bit more, technology can save you time. So there's some really good bits about technology, but that whole defence mechanism kicks in. I hate, like, it's technology's fault. <laughs> it's not my fault, it's uh, technology's I've, fault. I've always said technology is like fire. It's a brilliant tool, but a poor master. And there are many people who are mastered by technology, and so therefore it's it's sucking their life away, or they they can't get it, and so they do the whole luddite thing of. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But my thing is like, oh, you don't like technology? No worries. Give me your car. Give me your credit card. Give me it because that's technology. Mm. And if you look at it now, nowadays when you buy a car, you don't worry about what size the engine is or anything. You're like, well, has it got USB ports? Does it have Bluetooth? Mm. How does my radio work? You're like, we don't care about the running of the car. We just assume that's going to work. And technology just continues to leap ahead and it, it is a brilliant tool and makes life so much better for us if we use it as a tool and not have it as, a, as their master. Yeah, one of uh, my hot topics for me at the moment and in my view, in my opinion, I'm clarifying that, so I don't have any evidence, I haven't done any research uh, per se to, to say this, but uh, look, I think there's enough evidence around to, to know that I think as Business is getting faster, and it's technology that's making it faster, right, in my view there. So it's moving fast. There's new updates. I'm, Instagram's got a new thing, and I looked was this morning or yesterday, LinkedIn, you can now LinkedIn share, changed, share yep. documents. Yep. It's changing every day. There's something new every day. There's a new app. There's a new feature. There's new this. There's new that. There's the whole thing about Facebook's going off. Everyone's sort of getting off Facebook and going elsewhere, all this sort of stuff. So it's hard to sort of keep up with it all. But I've been talking a lot about when I'm speaking about the rise of H2H. So forget B2B, business to business or B2C. It should be H2H, human to human. Mm. And I think with the rise of technology, that actually has, I suppose, given it a rebirth, the importance of face-to-face, the importance of human connection. Uh, and people are, this is, this is a trend I'm seeing, people are having more parties. Remember, the part, no one, uh, when I was a teenager or in my 20s, you'd be going to a party all the time. And then there's not so many parties now, and then they're coming back. Right. Uh, and I think people are starting to do more face-to-face stuff and conferences. Now, you're the expert in this area, mm. but I've seen a rise in conferences and conference attendance because people a wanting human connection, more people are working from home, more people are working remotely because technology has made that possible. But where our brain is hardwired to be social, so we're going, okay, we can do all that, we can see the efficiency, that's making sense. But I've still got this inherent need 
to actually connect with people and be social. So I'll go to a conference, I'll do that. Have you seen that? Oh, big time. And it's really funny. Some of the biggest conferences that get the most people are the technology companies. So like the Apple conference or the, the, the virtual world has this huge conference which has a ton of people go to it. And because people create these friendships and they'll have friends for years and have never met them. And then at a conference they get to meet them and they get to find out a, a different element of their relationship because they'll know their personality, they know who they are, but they actually physically get to meet them. Um, but conferences, yeah, they're growing. The conference market, the, the Amex every year does research on conferences around the world and, and money invested in it. They are growing uh, in, in nearly all industries because there is something about stepping away from the workplace and sharing some of this knowledge and sharing experience that you can't do via technology. But what is also happening is there are a lot more hybrid events where you can get the whiz bang speaker in because they're going to come in on video and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be a hologram and whiz bang 3D. It can be just a simple, we're banging them on the big screen and for 45 minutes or half an hour, you can get them typically at a lower cost and everything else around is face to face and people are used to digital. So we can do that. Um, I know for me, I'm running more online services for my clients and for a country like Australia, it removes geography as a barrier. And, but typically what I'll do is, it's, it's the hybrid. There's a lot online, but every now and again, there'll be a face-to-face that they get to come to. So I, I really think this human-to-human, and we, we go, oh, it's the, the millennials are on their phones all the time. They don't talk to people. That's so not true. I think now more than ever that they value that. I've got some of my friends' kids have just uh, recently graduated from different schools and whatever, and the first thing they want to do is get together with all their friends and, and share that result with them. They're not you know, just staying online at home in a cupboard, you know. Mm. So I think there's this misnomer that the young kids are happy with the technology. They're not. They, they love the face-to-face as much as anyone. So then you go, okay, that's an interesting fact. And I've, I ask that question a lot from a variety of different people that I, in my view, have good credentials, mm. hence AKAU oh, is one of much. them. But uh, And so that's why I form that view and I talk quite mm. passionately about it and as often as I can because I'm really wanting to encourage that. Mm. And then I go, okay, what does that mean for small business? So that's all well and good. Then you go, okay, I'm a small business listening to today or a business owner or an entrepreneur. What does that mean for my business? What should I be focusing or changing? And uh, my my advice would be, depending on the sort of business you have, maybe why don't you have some breakfast for your clients or so have some sort of social element in your marketing strategy, in your marketing mm. plan. So it might be a, a, a breakfast or it could be just a drinks, you know, five till seven, drop into the office, have a drink. Uh, it, if you're a professional services organisation, a really great idea is to do a little showcase, a, a little sort of, I suppose, taster of what your services are. And, and as service companies are brilliant because you can also show off your clients. Mm. And so if you've got a boardroom, let's say, you can have a brown bag lunch for want of a better term, throw on a bit of lunch, have all your other clients come in and say, hey, these people are a mechanic, give us uh, five minutes on what you do, these people are property investors, these people are, and so all of a sudden you're helping your customers sell to your, so this is cross-pollination, so mm. it doesn't come across as you just want to sell me more stuff. It's actually, no, we're knowledge sharing and sharing and we're promoting our customers. So your customers love it because you become a, a source of their marketing. I have seen that work so well. And a lot of the time, the same people keep turning up, even though they might not want a new mechanic, 
but I just like catching up with the people I caught up with last time. And particularly because there's more and more of us in the gig economy and so we work on our own. So to actually get out and meet people is, is really important. And you'll see this with... Um, uh, uh, working centres where you've got you go and you can rent a desk by oh, the, the day of the week. The yeah. co-working. Well, there's another trend. Yeah. yeah. It's it, and that's exactly why it's been a trend. I was chatting the other day to a friend of mine and she's had an office. She runs a, a really successful PR agency in Melbourne, or she does work globally now. Mm. And she's had the groovy office in Fitzroy for probably 15 years. Mm. Uh, and then I was chatting to her the other day and she said, no, you know what, we're getting rid of the office, we're going to a co-working space in Collingwood. Mm. I said, how come? She said, you know what, gone are the days, clients don't want to come and see you. So the office is just for the staff. We don't need this groovy, funky, enormous space. It's not cost efficient. We're going to save money. Uh, we're going to be more effective and we're also going to foster creativity and connections because my small team gets to hang out with other people yeah. working in this, in this co-working space and, and then they're wanting that sort of social interaction and that collaboration mm. to sort of spark and ignite ideas and that's why that's worked really well. Yeah. I really like your analogy. I remember you told me this story ages ago. You've probably forgotten but when you're talking about conferences and events, and particularly exhibitors, though those that have a conference or event, and you know, we talked about the Byte Conference, which you and I were vo- involved in this year, mm. uh, and uh, will be involved again, uh, and that'll be run in uh, late June 2019, so keep an eye out for the Byte Conference here in Frankston and Mornington Peninsula. But exhibitors, so you said to me, it's like fishing in a fishbowl. Can you explain what you meant by okay. that? Okay, so there's a couple of things. So exhibiting is speed dating. Like, so when you're you're basically trying to get them, and it is you're shooting fish in a barrel mm. because when you have a, an event, the people who go to the event are the people who like the topic of that event. Let's call it the uh, the marketers association. Mm. So you got all these marketing people there. So if you are if your target market is marketers. They're there. You don't have to go, I wonder where the marketers are. Like, they're all there. And so if you can, again, create that human relationship, become a person, not just a brand, not just a, a concept, but actually, oh, this is my friend Jackie who I do work with, then it really is shooting fish in a barrel because your target market is there and all you've got to do is find out what their pain points are, squeeze them a bit and provide them what they're after. And that's, that's one of the things I love about exhibiting. Yeah. The thing is, though, I find you approach an exhibitor and say, like, you know, we've got this event, we've got this conference or a seminar or a summit, whatever you call it, uh, and it's going to cost you, you know, 5000 whatever it is to exhibit, or we don't have that in the budget. And, and they go, okay, how much effort do you put into business development? Yeah, and they can't say the big picture. They're so focused on that <laughs> 5000 or or 1000 whatever it is, that they actually can't see. And if they actually did the numbers to go, okay, you've got 350 or 400 people who are your ideal customer right here, yeah. how much effort, time, energy yeah. does it take for you to access those 400 through a year? So whether you use direct mail, whether you use e-marketing, whether you use uh, the, the internet or social media, uh, you know, cold calling, whatever your sales marketing and sales strategy is, they're all there. And I, I get frustrated. When I, so, <laughs> do you see that? They're so oh, short-sighted. So the Center for Exhibiting Industry Research out of the U.S. has put the research, they've gone out there and done the stats on what is the cost of acquisition of a new client and yeah. then the cost of service. 
and time and time again exhibiting wins. Like it is the most cost-effective way to get to your target market, outstripping magazines, TV, radio, all that kind of stuff because you you have them there. This is and, – and you and I have had this conversation before – as a business owner, you've got to do the numbers. If you don't do the numbers, then you're just you're playing in the wind. Mm. So you've got to understand. So when you do your marketing, you've got to measure. Well, what's my return on this? And unfortunately, too many people go, oh, you just don't, you know, you don't know whether it's going to return or not. Well, if you don't know, you don't do it. Mm. And in something like exhibiting or sponsoring a conference, you can accurately measure it. Sometimes it takes a long time to measure it, but you can measure it. And you've got to be smart. And I think this is. Just because technology exists, if you don't use your brain, technology is not going to do the job for you. Mm. So you've got to be smarter at it. Like people talk about um, Watson and artificial intelligence. The only reason, and and at a recent conference they had a talk where they put all these um, uh, Rembrandt pictures into a computer and got the computer to actually draw a Rembrandt, and it looked just like a Rembrandt. But it couldn't be creative. It couldn't do it itself. It had to be shown what to do. And technology has to be shown what to do. So we can't let technology run our business. We have to run it ourselves. Yeah, the account software will do it for us, but we've got to read the, the report and understand it. So doing the numbers is such an important part of any business, small, micro, medium, large, you know, you've got to do your numbers. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's great. Well, that's a really nice way we're going to just have a quick break now. And I need a sip of my coffee. And the other side of this break, we've got a little special surprise, a special guest oh, that we're going to have love a chat surprises. with. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you who it is. What? I have to wait. The other side of this break, we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Taking Care of Business. Yes, we're all getting a little bit psycho here in the in the studio as we're talking about 2019 and what's happening in 2019. And I'm joined here today by my special co-host, Warwick Merry. Well, hello there. Now, we are about to, the second half of this show, talk about 2019, what's hot, what's not. And one thing that's really hot is this next guest is hot. He is a hot runner. He was a hot runner. He's not, I don't know if he is anymore, but he was back in the 90s. He, uh, he got second in the store gift and, uh, and he has a gift for organizing events and he's, he's re, uh, reimagined and, uh, and rebuilt a number of gifts. And I'd like to welcome to the show Tim Mason. Good morning. Good morning, Jackie. That's a big build up. Manage the expectation. Yeah, well, you always do. So let, let's have a chat about. So you were a, an, an elite athlete, an elite runner, and then uh, you then got all grown up and serious and, and got a proper job. But that you've always had that passion for athletics, and I know your daughter's a very talented runner as well. And then you created something, uh, the Parkdale Gift. And what? How did that come about? Like, what? What was the thinking behind recreating that? Because it was run. Ages ago, is that right? Yeah, that's right, Jackie. Uh, about 54, 55 years ago, it ran for a couple of years in the 60s, and uh, I happened to, happen to be training Georgia on the Oval one day, and uh, I, as I said, uh, as you said, I came from an events background, and I thought, oh, beautiful Oval, I'd love to run a gift, and did a bit of research, as you do, and found out it ran, so I was reinvigorated. It's been about two years sort of doing all the necessary uh, funding and uh, sponsorship arrangements and uh, was lucky enough to get it up last year and last year was the first time it, it happened and uh, I really wanted to try and make it not just a running event but really a community event. So uh, we have lots of different aspects. In We've got like Twilight Markets and Sporting and involve lots of community organisations and schools and uh, 
last year was the first year and uh, we're, we're settling up again this year. So uh, Saturday the 2nd of February. Saturday the 2nd of February at the parkdalegift.com, anyone interested? Now, as a curtain raiser, you've um, in, it asked me to, to be part of it, which I'm really excited about, and that's what I wanted to chat with you about today. Yep. And we're talking about 2019 trends, and I think this is a real trend, women in sport, uh, particularly, you know, with women now playing cricket and AFL, and there's this been real resurgence, which I think so positive uh, that women are participating more. I mean, you don't need to be an elite, but just at a community level. And so you've very cleverly created an event called a, a Women in Sport Forum, which you're using as a curtain raiser on Friday, the 1st of February, uh, at the Dingley Hotel in Dingley. And, uh, and I'm, I'm actually hosting it, so I must, uh, I must declare I do have an interest in this. <laughs> but the panel is, is incredible. You've got, um, Maddie Coates, the Commonwealth Games athlete, and she was third in the female store gift. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, a couple of years ago, Betty, she ran from a really tough, tough mark and just missed out by about, you know, a foot or so. And, uh, and we're really excited to have her and she's, you know, aiming for the world championships next year and she's running extremely well at the moment. So I'm really, really pleased to have her on board. So she's hot, obviously. We're talking about hot and what's hot, what's not. And is, yep. is Maddie considered like an up and coming future athletic star or Olympic Australian champion? Yeah, yeah, no, look, she, she's one of the best tennis going around in Australia at the moment and, uh, Victorian champion and Australian champion and, uh, competed in the most recent Commonwealth Games and, and she's certainly got a, a big asterisk beside her name and, uh, she's competing really well at the moment and, um, and, uh, probably, hopefully by, uh, Parkdale Gift, she'll be one of the main contenders. Yeah, great. And we've also got a representative from St Kilda Football Club, but we're also on, on the panel. So we've got Maddie Coates, uh, AF, uh, AFL women's rep. Uh, we've also got Stephanie Spence, who is the first female president of the Victorian Athletic League in 127 years. Incredible. Uh, probably the biggest name on the list would be Nova Paris. Uh, and everyone knows her as the Olympic and Commonwealth gold medalist. And she was, I think she won the Olympic medal in hockey. Didn't she? Yeah, that's right. And then she settled up, I think, in the 200 and, and the relay at, uh, Kuala Lumpur. So, uh, Really excited to have Nova and I've made contact with her and, uh, and, and part of the work I've been doing with some Indigenous young athletes as well and she's more than happy to be on board and hopefully her son uh, Jack will be running at, uh, at Parkdale as well. So there you go. And she's also a member of Parliament, as you know, so a really interesting person. Uh, we've also got Bridget Maguire, who was the former director of the Australian Open in marketing, uh, and she also is the executive director of the uh, Federation Cup Foundation. Of course, I had to get my tennis <laughs> my tennis hat in there, because <laughs> that's obviously my little area. I'm a big fan, big tennis fan. So Bridget's going to talk about from uh, women in tennis uh, from her perspective, but she's also on the other side, the administrative side as well, but she was a really good tennis player. Actually, we used to play tennis together, and she's also Eddie McGuire. Sister, so she's we're in good company there with Bridge. She gets a lot of uh, eavesdropping information, so that'll be fun. And then Michelle Redfern, who's the founder of Advancing Women, uh, and she's a real influencer. She was um, considered the woman of influence for 2018. So I've got six people on the panel. I'm going to try and do my best to try and manage them all. I mean, we could be there for days, Tim. That's the worry, isn't it? 
Yeah, okay, and make sure the bars open. I think that's really important. So I think that, but as far as the the panel is, it's like a classic sports night. You know those old fashioned sports night. It is that, but it's about talking about women in sport, sport, and about from community to elite. And I think that's really great. Now the other thing too that's really great, and I know that you've had a um, government grant from the Victorian government. We should yep. acknowledge them, but also the Dingley Hotel. Have you got? You've got some great sponsors and supporters. So much so, it's actually a sit-down dinner, and it's ten dollars a head for dinner. Um, yeah, I'd have to say it's probably the, uh, the cheapest sports person's night ever, ever to be uh, ever. going around Victoria. So, ever, uh, ever, ever. Now, these nights always sell out really quickly. I've had a lot of people asking me already, where do I get tickets, where do I get tickets? Uh, and you can get those on the parkdalegift.com. Uh, and the website. Now, the booking link, they'll be there from uh, in a couple Monday. of days. Yep. yep, yep. So, anyway, if you go there, parkdalegift.com, we'll put a link to our Facebook page so people can get tickets there. What's the maximum amount? How many tickets are you expecting to sell? Yeah, uh, look, we're expecting uh, up to about 240 people, which will be absolutely fab- fabulous. So, uh, the Dingley is a great venue for that, and uh, it's a really good lead-in to... For the park, they'll get the next day. And, and interesting enough, Jackie, if you look at the history of female participation in pro running back in in my old day, um, when they first started, they you know the women used to get changed in in the cars and all those sorts of things. But now they, on, you know, certainly in our event, um, they participate on equal footing. We've got parity in the prize money, and uh, they're a really big part of and, and a growth area of, of our sport. So I'm really happy to have all this. Of, yeah, well, I'm really excited to announce I had a meeting today with the uh, the boss of Ottawa P, and we're actually going to do some broadcasting live from the Parkdale Gift as well on the Saturday. Uh, I'll be there on the Friday night, and we'll be doing some stuff there as well. So I think it's just a wonderful community event. Now, the other thing too, you touched on Nova Paris and the Indigenous side. Now, I know that not long ago you've you've uh, just got back from Broome, and you've created the Kimberley Gift. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I didn't have much to do in my spare time, Jackie. So um, <laughs> last year, I, I, I think it's quite funny when how things come around. A lot of these things come around from having conversations with people. And uh, I had a conversation with an old colleague of mine who does and still does wonderful things with Quantar for working with Indigenous youth. And uh, I always thought about um, trying to tap into Indigenous talent. And this year we brought down three young lads. Uh, from Derby and Broome, and they participated at, uh, at Parkdale and then went on to stall. And uh, this year we sort of expanded it to create the Kimberley Gift, and, and we had runners from all over the Kimberley come along and participate. And you know we're lucky enough to have uh, you know uh, Tyrone, who's a 20 year old from Beagle Bay, um, and 14 year old Rashinda from uh, Halls Creek, which is a lazy 640 kilometres away from Broome. So you know they'll be coming down and, and making their debut, and and you know. Whether it goes anywhere, but it's a great life experience and a good opportunity for them and, and for us as well. Oh, it's really exciting. So it's really on the hunt for the next Cathy Freeman. Yeah, and look, I saw some great talent up there and, you know, I think it's a matter of trying to tap in that talent and provide some support and structure and, you know, who knows where it comes from. Like Nova Paris was up from that way and you just look at where, what she's done in her career and her life and, I think she's a great inspiration for everyone. So all these gifts will feed into the stall gift. Is that how you've you've sort of the the, the format of it or arranged the format of it? Yeah, yeah. On the calendar, there's 22 uh, pro running events, and um, Parkdale is one of the main ones in the lead up to stall. So 
last year we had athletes from Western Australia came over and they took out the two main races. Uh, so they'll be coming from all over Australia and, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll get Josh Ross, two-time store gift winner. He'll come down and participate and uh, it really will be a, a key lead indicator into who's going to run well at school at Easter time. Do you still do any running? Uh, I, I, I don't know whether you call it running, Jackie. I think it's <laughs> making up some numbers and, you know, uh, you know we'll see how we go and uh, hopefully you won't have to see me run on, on at Parkdale. I'll be too busy doing some organising, but I do get around every now and again. Well, congratulations, Tim Mason, president of the Parkdale Gift and president of Gifts Everywhere, but I'm really, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to participating in this women in sport. It's an area that I'm very passionate about. I'm looking forward to these six incredible panel guests. It'll be a real classic sports person's night or sports women's night. Uh, $10 a head, including dinner. It'll be great fun and a great curtain raiser for the Parkdale Gift uh, which will be on the next day, which will be Saturday, the 2nd of February, 2019. Tim Mason, I'll see you soon. Thanks, Jack. Bye. Thanks for your time. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Taking Care of Business. As we talk about community to elite, we're talking about what's hot, what's not. I'm here with Warwick Mary, and we'll be chatting with him on the other side of this. We'll be right back. Yes, I'm Jackie Mitchell, and I'm joined by Warwick Murray. That's obviously your voice. Indeed, yeah. Just sneaks, in case anyone was wondering. It sneaks around everywhere, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it's good that you're there. Now, let's uh, finish up the show. What do you think the hot things are for 2019? So from a business owner's perspective, an entrepreneur, uh, anyone that's got, you know, looking at their advancing their career, what should they be focusing their attention on, Warwick Murray? So a couple of things. Uh, one is mental health. I think that's... I, th- I think it's so important with the massive amount of change that is happening, the massive amount of technology that's getting dumped on us, that looking after your resilience and your mental health is important. And part of that secret, I believe, is to not care as much. So don't care that you're not, not up to date with the latest Facebook changes. So they've put a new thing in. Oh, yeah, whatever. I'll get used to it eventually. So don't, don't get stressed about it. Um, so being sure to... Make sure you are taking time to look after yourself. I see so many people who work huge hours and get to maybe sometimes you'll see them, they'll, they'll have a holiday and the first week of their holiday is their body just, they get a cold, they get quite unwell because they haven't had a time to slow down. So looking after your health, I think, is, is very important. Um, and then look at, as we said before, human to human. So with your marketing, if you can get into a bit of personalised marketing, that is gold. Mm. So if you get to know your customers a little bit better, and um, Coca-Cola did this with putting the names on the side of the bottles. Uh, uh, I yeah, think brilliant. over the Christmas break, I've seen Toblerone personalise some of their things. So if you've got an opportunity to personalise, even to just niche down some of your marketing. Hand write a card and mail it. Can I tell you, not, uh, not that long ago we had a function and someone sent me a handwritten card and I was like, oh, my God, it's a, it's a handwritten card. Talk who about who cut, does that cut through. It's cut through. It really is. Right. And people are saying it's old-fashioned and I'm saying, no, 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 it's actually new-fashioned. Yeah. It's just coming back. Well, it's old is the new. It's new is old and old is new. It's just that. But, it you know, the fundamental principle is... It's getting people's attention. So where, what can you do? What, how can you zig while everyone else is zagging Correct. or vice versa? So who gets Christmas cards in, in the, who gets birthday cards? Who gets a thank you card in the mail anymore? Not many. When you do get it, oh, it's so exciting. Oh, it's like, I know some businesses, they've given up sending out Christmas cards. They send out Easter cards or they'll send out cards on the birthday of the founder of the business because at that point in time, you're not getting cards from 30 other businesses. Right. Yep. 
So, you know, maybe that's something that, that businesses can do is pick a date that they will send out their card. Yeah. Um, and I know, and I did this for one of my businesses, is when I did send out a Christmas card, I made it so that they kept their card on their desk for the year because I made something out of the card. We did some funky words and stuff that people, it related all year round. It had little tips on it. Oh, so people okay. kept it on their, year, on their desk. So it had stability. It wasn't, oh, it's here for a month. I don't really look at it and then I throw it out yeah, afterwards. Yeah, it had some longevity to it. And Correct. that's with promotional merchandising. Correct. I still get shocked uh, when it's talking to businesses from, from a marketing perspective. And they go, oh, you know, we'll put an ad in the paper and we'll put a billboard, outdoor billboard. And you go, oh, hang on, who are you, who are you trying to... Uh, who are your customers? Who's the ideal customer here? Uh, are they driving? Uh, what are they doing? But it's getting them thinking a little bit more outside the square to go, okay, well, what else are they doing? Mm. So they might be busy at work, but what do they do on the weekend? Mm. Is there anything that you can find they've got in common? Are they all the members of the golf club? Are they all got kids in school sport, maybe sponsoring a sports team? Might be more effective way yeah. to get because if you know the the parents are the business owners and they're standing around watching their kids play soccer or whatever and they're standing around and looking you know looking for something to do or reading the local you know newsletter that could be but stop and have a think and sort of get in their shoes yeah what do they like where do they go where, where do, do they, they hang what out do they do and where have they got time to read yeah. Yeah, that's really simple. Okay, mm. anything else? Um, they're the they're the big ones. Look, there's there's still going to be a lot of conversations around art, artificial intelligence, the Internet of Things. Um, I would let other people do that. Let them be the bleeding edge, and then you can be leading edge and take it on uh, at a time when it's been a bit proven. Mm. It's out there. There's some good stuff happening, but it's not quite commercial yet in yeah. terms of what's what's hot. Mine would be for any business, services or product. To have a party. Have a party, and that, that could include a breakfast or drinks or something, mm -hmm. but have social functions. Invite your, your clients. Make it easy, so make it, you know, after work, or bre breakfast is always common. You can get up a little earlier and yeah. go and then nick off. Especially if you've got a geography around where a lot of your customers will come to. Yeah. So if they're going to be getting on the train to go somewhere, you know, want to have a, you know, kick off somewhere near the train station. Yeah. And the other thing too, and, you know, I haven't mentioned the N-word yet. <gasps> mm -hmm. Neuro. Oh, she's which a is you know one of yeah neuro yeah well there's proven that it works mm. and so we're a bit behind here in Australia uh, in Europe they're way ahead of us America's a little bit more ahead uh, than than us Europe's definitely leading leading it uh, and so in my global neuro community uh, I think you know Australian business can get on board of what this information, and this is evidence-based. This is not just guessing or psychological or uh, this is what we think is most likely. This is evidence-based. This is how our brain is reacting to certain situations. So it's really tapping into our behaviour, mm. and that includes consumer behaviour or customer behaviour. How our brains are working, how we're reacting to messages, how we're reacting to humans. So the easiest thing to do, if you're wanting to persuade or influence someone, and that's this is an area that I particularly focus on, if you're looking at persuade and influence someone, and it might be your boss, it could be someone on a team, you could be going through a career change, you could be looking for a promotion, it could be you're pitching for business, and you're wanting someone to like you. 
Now, they've got to like you first. First, you've got to get their attention. Then they've got to like you. If they don't like you, forget everything else. Mm. So then you go, okay, go back to the like. How can they like you? The easiest way to make people like you is to look for something in common. Create a similarity because if the person you're talking to can see a similarity, you've got something in common, our brain, this is the neuro stuff, our brain goes, oh, they're friend, not foe. Because you, your brain, it's it's a hard wide. Mm. Our brain is there for us to survive. So this is all happening in our non-conscious or unconscious brain. We're not even aware this is happening. When you meet someone new, your brain goes, are they going to eat me? Can I eat them? Are they going to help me survive or are they a threat to my existence? That's it. It's that basic. And if you go back to thinking about people that you got a bad feeling from, they might probably saw you as a competitor. You know, or they, they might be taking clients or they might be taking a work. That's all based on that survival instinct. It's just got a different packaging now. Then we're not going to be eaten by a saber-toothed tiger or we're not going to be murdered by the tribe next to us because they want our food or they want our cave. It's, it's the same principle. So if you can look for a similarity, so you can ask questions. Ask people questions. You know, where do you grow up? Where did you grow up? Whatever. So I was talking to someone, uh, the other night and, uh, and they were talking. I didn't want to talk work with them, um, but they were a potential lead, a potential client. And I wanted them to like me because there's a potential that we could be doing some business down the, down the path. But I didn't want to fake. I'm not faking it either. So it's being real. And, and she was, re- I really liked her instantly. And then I started asking her, but you know, where did you grow up? And I found out that she, she likes playing, uh, AFL women's football, but she's in her fifties. So we had this whole conversation about, you know, women in sport. We were talking to Tim Mason earlier about the women's sport on the 1st of Feb. So we started going to this whole discussion. We did not talk work once, but we had, we, we found out we had so much more in common. And, uh, and then, it just went on from there. Mm. So you can look for clues, you know, whether it might be cufflinks or certain socks people are wearing. So this, it's not that hard to start looking for similarities. No, no, no. And it's it, it, it plays into that know you like you trust you, which, you mm. know, every salesperson will talk to you about. So it is getting to know them and finding, you know, it is that smart questions. We get back to where we started asking better questions will help you make those better connections. And, and another tip that I know always works is use their name. Oh, it it's is the favourite word in any it language. It's that word that people listen it's out for. It's the word, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when you're introduced to somebody and they said the name, attach it to an existing memory, right? So if someone said, oh, you know, John, this is Warwick, and you had to remember John, mm. you attach it to, you've already got John in your brain, it's an existing memory. Who's John? Who can you attach it to? So it can be a movie star or it can be your brother or whoever, yeah. but do whatever works for you, and then that will help you remember their name. And, but don't be embarrassed if you've forgotten it. Just say, oh, I'm terribly sorry, I've forgotten your name. I'm hopeless with names, because most people are, and they can just tap into it very easily. Yeah, you know what a really easy. good really good trick is either. Have you got a business card? Ask them for a business card. Or say to them, are you on LinkedIn? Mm. Uh, and can you can you type oh. your name or how do you spell your name? Oh, and there's a funky thing on LinkedIn where you, they can generate your own yeah. barcode and just scan it. It's gold. I use do it a lot. Do you use it? I haven't used it oh, yet. Oh, it's gold. Oh, okay, I'm yeah, going to try I'm it. I'm using LinkedIn so much more now. 2019, Ooh. I'm going to try it. Get in there. Get in there. Warren it's hot. Mary, thank you. Oh, thank you for having me here. It's been we a need, pleasure. We need a few more hours. We might have to do another one. I know. There's all these things I've written that we could never get there. At least oh, we well. go through. Well... Thanks for listening. I hope you've uh, got inspired today, picked up some tips, picked up some ideas for your business growth. And don't forget, 11 a.m., 
every Friday right here on Ardo or PFM. We look forward to your company next Friday. In the meantime, you know what to do. Keep taking care of your business.